Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. My name's Darren and I'm here with Faith. Hi. Pastor Faith. And we will get to the sermon in just a little bit, but we wanted to make some time and space to talk about something special that we've been having on Sundays. And it's a new song that Pastor Faith, you and your husband, Josh, wrote, and we've shared it with our community. Tell us a little bit about it. What's the name of it? Yeah. And where did it come from? Yeah, so it's called We Need You. Um, and I, I'm going to root this in 1 Corinthians 2 when Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, the, the first thing that was written for this song was the beginning of that bridge section that says, We don't need better plans. We don't need clever thoughts. We need your Spirit, O oh God. We don't want the wisdom of man. We want we want a display of God's power, which is really what the world needs. They don't need to see a show, or even in the area of worship, they don't need to hear good music. We need to see a display of the power of God. So it came from that heart cry. And then the beginning of the song kind of sets up this space where we invite Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we clear out all the distractions, the things that get in the way. And then just simply cry out for more of Him. And it's this this longing to be a, a space where the Spirit would rest mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, I love that. That's such a the heart and core value of Garden Church. Exactly. Knowing that the Spirit is present, like He's welcome to the party and we get to celebrate. And I so appreciate the beauty and creativity that you've been cultivating, not only with worship, but just something that we can invite the rest of our community into. And, and it's so cool when, when uh, in the recording of this song, it's the first time that we shared it. And it's like people have been singing it for weeks. <laughs> and it was just such a cool thing to experience. And so we're so happy for those of you that have experienced that with us on a Sunday morning. And we want to see just more original songs being birthed from this place. Um, that you're talking about, just being saturated in the Holy Spirit. So we are welcoming you to stick around after the sermon where you can hear a live recording of the song, We Need You, and I hope it blesses your heart. Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message entitled, The Way We Pray, was given by Darren Roundson and is the 10th in our series, Sermon on the Mount. Just to be honest, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I had a really rough week. My wife's stepdad had a stroke on Tuesday and uh, it left him, he's 46, and it left him disabled and unable to communicate and he has an eight-year-old son and it was really rough. And so I'm coming off a plane from last night to teach today. And uh, I love what I've learned about this community is we need to be open and honest. And sometimes people on up front get to be right where they're at. So I apologize if I seem a little dull today um, or if I seem to be more in the notes than usual. So um, I was hoping to call in sick today, but I couldn't. And uh, I really believe God wanted me to speak this message tonight because I think... Um, if we can get this, uh, the reality in which we live in will change dramatically. So I'm going to be sitting and talking, and uh, my, the idea for tonight is we're going to continue our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. So if you have a Bible, open up there. If you don't, raise your hand. We have some Bibles on the side. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, we've been using to frame our community. Just raise your hand, and we'll have someone pass it out. 
We've been using this text to frame our community. What do we want to be about at the garden? Well, we want to be about following Jesus. And Jesus, in, in um, chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew, gives kind of an introductory, an invitation that this is what it means to be his follower. This is what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom of God. Um, and we've been looking kind of all through uh, chapter 5, and last week we started chapter 6, and he's continuing kind of to discuss what it means to have a righteousness that's greater than that of the Pharisees. Hopefully by now you get that that's kind of what the series uh, in the Sermon on the Mount is about. Jesus is comparing his followers to the most religious, most um, honest and generous people in the first century that you would have seen. And he's saying, hey, you have to have a righteousness greater than them. And righteousness is primarily about our good works in our heart. And the type of righteousness Jesus is looking for is not a public righteousness. But it's a righteousness that, is, that flows from our hearts, from our, from our inner realities. And it also flows into um, a public righteousness. So last week, G- Jesus talked about, and Bill actually talked here, about Jesus is Bill. No. Um, sometimes to me. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> last week, Bill talked about giving. And we looked at Jesus simply assumes, not only do his, do his followers tithe, that's just given. But that, and the, the tithing was really giving to the sacred community, but he assumed that his followers would be generous and that they would give above and beyond. They did what's called almsgiving, which is simply Christian service. And he expects his followers to do that. And so he assumes that we are generous. And why does he assume that? Well, he assumes that we're generous because his heavenly Father is generous. And as a disciple of Jesus, we're called to reflect the very nature of God. And so we talked about giving last week, and, and he was comparing um, the Pharisees did it in, out, out, of, out of a public demonstration of righteousness, where their reward was given in full. And so tonight we're looking um, at Jesus kind of doing the same thing and, and talking about prayer. Um, but tonight I just wanted, this text is really simple. It's really easy to get and understand. We're just going to do three verses. Um, I think most of us will actually say, okay, I get it once we read it. But I think it's a really difficult passage to live out when we understand it. And so what I'm going to do tonight is spend just a few minutes, probably 10 or 15 minutes, talking through this passage. I want to then go into some theology of prayer. We are going to start offering classes every month. We'll spend three to four hours in between the services just discussing with kind of a a classroom setting where we can have questions and, and get into kind of the text more seriously so we can just grow in our faith and grow in the knowledge of Christ. But I want to give you a teaser into kind of the prayer class we want to offer. One of the, the topics we want to discuss are like the Holy Spirit, theology of the Holy Spirit, theology of prayer, mission, all the things that are important here um, and, and specifically important to us as a community. So I'm going to do that at the end, give you a ton of information, and then I'm going to have my friend Steve Grindle, who's going to be leading our prayer uh, ministry here. He's going to come up and lead us in an exercise. So we're going to talk about the text, here's some theology, and we're going to practice. Does that sound good? I'm going to pray for me, um, and, and just to center in, and, uh, and then we'll go through the text. Um, Father, we, we are uh, your, your church here locally in Long Beach, and uh, most of us have just accepted you and have said yes to following you. Some of us are still learning what that means tonight. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just fill us anew right now. 
I pray that we would be still in your love. That we would be still in what you say about us. Lord, that tonight would be about learning and about transformation. Help us to receive the words that are here. And uh, may your spirit just give us insight. And Jesus, may you be glorified. Pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, let's read this. Uh, I got an NRSV version, but it's going to be on the screen. It says this in verse 5. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they, are, they will be heard by, because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Jesus begins this as he does uh, with the next couple of passages. He's looking at the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, their primarily, primary uh, concern and identification with righteousness came through the demonstration of giving, prayer, fasting, and observing the Sabbath, Sabbath law. So Jesus is going to break those down and compare uh, for his disciples what, what their righteousness looks like and what righteousness he's expecting. And this is about prayer. And rather than repeating everything from last week, because it, it brings in the same theme, he's not concerned, um, or he, he's not concerned whether we pray or not. That's assumed. We are people who pray. If you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to a life of prayer. That's assumed right off the bat. What he's concerned about and what he's talking about in this, these few passages is, uh, is answering the question, or what he's concerned about, I'm sorry, is, is a prayer, um, is why we pray and how we pray. You see, the prayer that he's talking about in verse 5 um, is, uh, when it, he says, whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. So we get this. I, I think I don't need to illustrate this, but it's funny because um, the Pharisees in the first century, they'd be asked to pray in service in the synagogues and stand up. And there was this practice of just articulating some eloquent prayer. And one of actually the first century rabbis, a guy named Rabbi Levi, he said, he who prays longest is heard. And so you can just imagine the type of heart that is going on. And, and uh, I feel like this isn't ingenious, but when I was in sixth grade, I got a new Bible, and I just highlighted stuff. I didn't actually read the passages. I just highlighted because I wanted people to think like I read the Bible, right? <laughs> Maybe none of you have struggled with that. Maybe I was trying to impress my Bible study buddies, but <laughs> that was in sixth grade. And then um, even in college, I was a street evangelist, oddly enough, and I was passionate about confronting just the bystanders that were so innocent and uh, I would just hold my Bible out and just because I needed my Bible to demonstrate the type of righteousness I had that's what we're talking about with prayer the Pharisees primary concern was was the public demonstration and, and you guys I've been in prayer circles where we're praying and we're really talking to the person we're praying for we're teaching them something. We're using scripture to convict. You guys know what I'm talking about? This is the prayer that Jesus is saying. We're not supposed to be like that. That's a hypocrite. And a hypocrite, Matthew uses this word all the time. And it's a Greek word, and I love it, because it actually has more to do with theater. It's saying, like, don't be a theater or an actor. I know it's, we don't really have a word to make, make sense of it, but the, the idea is don't be an actor. Don't pretend to do anything. Simply allow yourself to find a prayer 
that's based in relationship. Verse 6 says this, But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus is offering in verse 6, just to explain this, He's saying that prayer is fundamentally about your relationship with God. This is the foundation to prayer. This is where we begin. There are so many types of prayer. We can talk for days about intercessory prayer, praying through Scripture, your whole life prayer, prayer as pain, so many different ways, meditative prayer. Jesus is saying that the foundation for our prayer is based in a relationship with God the Father. It's not about getting things done. It's not about accomplishing the task we think. And it's not about publicly performing It's about having a dialogue with the Father. So when he says, go into the secret place or into your room, he's he's not banning public prayer. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's he's saying the person that you're praying to is God the Father. And that's where our focus needs to be. That's pretty easy. I think most of us will get that. So he's saying to his disciples that they can speak freely to their Heavenly Father in secret because he hears his prayers. Now notice, and this is frustrating, He doesn't say, just because you pray in secret, your prayers will be answered. He doesn't say that. He says he'll reward your prayers because you're praying with a righteousness that's in the heart. You get it, in other words. I know some of us understand that frustration. Um... But I think, you know, before I continue, it's, it's so funny because I sat for the last four days on a hospital bed uh, praying for healing. And I've seen people get healed dramatically in my life, like right in front of me. And it's the fr- most frustrating thing when the people that you love the most um, aren't getting healed. And we pray for effect. We pray for God to move. And we're going to learn this. Next week, the Lord's Prayer is about participating with God in the kingdom work that He has. That somehow, He wants to use us in our little phrases, in our little worlds to bring His kingdom into reality right now. And so we pray the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But sometimes the mystery of this is that we only get silence. Because prayer is not about answers. It's about relationship. That's what it's about tonight. And he he goes even further in in verse 7. Building on this framework of prayers about relationship, he says, hey, when you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will uh, be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He compares prayer to Gentiles. Now hear this. Gentiles don't have a relationship with God. They don't even know God as Father. In the first century, they were worshiping statues. And if you've been to India, you get this exact phrase where uh, there's Hindu cultures. In the Hindu culture, you see see these temples and these these idols all over the place. um, And and they're, they're, they're gods. They have a god for everything. And you see these people pray in a way of trying to bribe or or show their allegiance through these repetitive ritualistic prayers. And they bring money and they just bring the same prayer over and over and over again because they don't have a relationship. They don't know who that God is, but they're trying to convince 
that God, that they're, they're fully in allegiance to them. So, so become the vending machine answer. So I, can, so I can receive what I think is best. And Jesus is saying, don't be like that. They don't, they don't know who God is. God, Jesus has revealed who God is to us. He's our Father. He's saying when you pray, pray in a dynamic that's like a father to a, ch- to a son or to a daughter, to a beloved child. That's the dynamic we enter in in our prayers. That's what will sustain you through trial and and tribulation. That's what will produce perseverance. It's not the big dramatic prayer services that you go to, guys. It's about the door being shut in the darkness of the room where you can sit and have an ongoing loving relationship with Jesus and the Father. You know, I I get to talk to young guys that want to plant churches because for some reason they think I've done something cool back at Rock Harbor. And the truth is, I tell this to everyone that I get to kind of mentor. The thing that I know is true, I don't know what, what got us to this place. I know it's God's miraculous power, God's miracle for us to plant a church for being so young. I said, the only thing I know is that ministry is simply about your ongoing loving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. The foundation for all of ministry, the Billy Grahams, the whoever you idolize, if you don't have this ongoing loving relationship with Jesus Christ, you can throw everything else out. That's what he builds ministry on. That's what God wants to build ministry on. Sorry for the side note. But I want to get back to that, that one point really quick about the Hindu, that idea of deity. We don't have this relationship. I think it doesn't take Hindus to live like that. We live like this. We live with a God who's distant, who's not good. We, some of us actually believe that when we sin, God's going to do something bad to us. We have this Christian karma. So we're on the plane confessing our sins when there's turbulence. We live this way. We live with this distant picture. But God has given us His name in Exodus, he's given us himself through Jesus and he's given us his life and he gives us his spirit and he calls us beloved. We are no longer Gentiles. We are no longer without a God, without a name. We have a God who's given us, given us his name so we are invited and instructed to pray like a conversation between a father and child. We don't need to repeat ourselves, and this is crazy. God already knows what we need before we pray. That's, that's a weird dynamic. He already knows what we need before we pray. Now, there's going to be a part next week where we'll talk about how to pray for intercessory, how we petition how we do things. And in just a second, I'm going to get into um, what, what, what power do we have. In chapter 7, Jesus is going to go, well, here's what you do to have a righteousness above the Pharisees. And then he's going to go, well, here's how you operate in the kingdom. You ask, you seek, and you knock. That's the power we have. But he's saying here that the Father already knows. So therefore, Jesus is saying, just to summarize, that we pray as a form of communion with the Father. 
and primarily as an expression of relationship with him. We pray as a form of communion and as an expression of relationship with him. We don't, need to be, uh, we don't need to inform him of what we need. He knows what we need. We don't need to come at him and remind him, hey, be good to me because God is good and he loves being good to us. And we've got to learn over time that he knows what's best for us. And sometimes the no is just as important as the yes. So why do we pray then? Why, why pray? Well, I think Jesus is saying in these three, three verses that we pray simply to be intimate. And intimacy I define, and it's defined as to be known and to know. So tonight, the invitation is to have, uh, to, for your prayer to exceed that of, of the Pharisees. For your prayer um, to have a righteousness that's greater than the Pharisees means for you to have prayer that's rooted in intimate relationship with God. That's, that's kind of the text. Now we're going to come back there. But I thought I, just, I would just run through um, just some quick theology. How's that settling? Good? Um, trying to decide. You know, I'm not going to do the second part. I don't think, uh, I think it will distract what God has in store for us. I think we're going to practice prayer. So just to summarize, and I know this is a short one. We're going to have Stephen come up, and he's going to lead us through meditation, uh, meditative prayer, and just invite us to close the door and to find that secret room. But to summarize, guys, I, I really want you to get this, <clears throat> and I, I can say this with confidence. The only thing that got me through the emotional experience that I just went through, that I'm going to be going through, to walk with an eight-year-old son through some of the most unbelievable things, Saying, uh, hearing him pray for his dad to be healed. But to see that pain and to see it so immensely, and I know some of you have had way worse. The only thing that will sustain you is an ongoing relationship with Jesus. And it's not ritualistic. It is inviting Jesus into the depth of your soul quietly. This stuff is great. We come to worship. But guys, this is not where discipleship is built, is built in your relationship, in your devotion, in your quiet, in your ongoing, in your intimacy, where you can go and hear Jesus tell you about his day with you. When I entered into ministry at Rock Harbor, it was the worst thing to my spirituality because I was doing spiritual things. I had lost a, a, a pattern of devotion with God in that time. And as I, I discovered that halfway through and I had to release a lot of expectations to just dive back in through the disciplines. And when I started this church, it's so easy to become the type of person that just says the right thing or to, to be everything to everyone. And I was losing this intimacy with myself. And so I had to throw all these things off my plate and just rediscover what Jesus says about me. And so when, when you come to Jesus, sometimes, and I would love to share some of these things later, sometimes he's going to talk to you 
about things other than what you think are important. For me, he, had to stop ta- he stopped talking to me about ministry. He started talking to me about poetry. He used to read poetry a lot. He stopped talking to me about ministry and started talking to me about my wife and how I was a husband, what my first calling was. But that, that took me listening. So I'm going to bring Stephen up here. And uh, do you have a microphone? You don't. Um, you got a mic? Cool. I think this will be fun for us, but tonight, uh, maybe even right now, just clear your, your laps. I'm going to let you take it away. Cool. Well, guys, tonight, um, we just wanted to experiment and uh, see what it feels like to be intimate with our Father together. Um, and so we're just going to walk through uh, a, a short meditation together. Let me just say, sorry, one more thing. I, w- I want to make this clear. Uh, when we started this church, we started it in prayer. We, we, we prayed twice and we celebrated once. We had twice as many gatherings for prayer. Prayer is, is foundational to who we are as a community. And um, we are going to continue to bring what we feel God's leading our church to. And it's always in accountability. It's always in discussion. It's always in the figuring it out together. So tonight, this wasn't developed in a, a bubble. I wasn't uh, pushing this off and saying, okay, let's experiment here. We prayed through this. And I want to just say, if you guys are willing to go where we lead or go where with the Spirit we feel God is leading us, I feel, and I can say this with confidence, God's going to do tremendous things, not through the leadership of our church, but through our church. Through us. So I just ask for just vulnerability tonight um, for what we're about to do. It might feel uncomfortable, um, but you guys, it's going to be good for all of us. So go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so um, just a couple of things. I think uh, this can be scary for some of us and can feel like, uh, is God going to talk to me? Um, what if he's silent? And uh, I just want to, to tell you... Um, that God speaks in a number of ways, and um, my mentor, one of his one of his sayings is that God's favorite voice is silence, sometimes. And so I just want to um, relax, allow us to relax into however God would speak to you. He might speak to you through your imagination, through your thoughts, through feelings in your body. Um, or, or it might just uh, be silence. So as we do this, um, I just want you to be, be open to that. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. So as, as Darren said, just take everything off your lap and um, just get in a comfortable position in your chair. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to pray, and I'll, I'll lead you through uh, this meditation. Father, it's so incredible that you, the maker of the universe, want to be intimate with us. You're the God and we are men and women. And yet you want to be with us. So God, we just invite you here. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you here. And Lord, we just pray a blanket of peace over, over each person right now, Lord God. allow the peace of the Lord to rest upon you. I just want uh, to invite you to um, use your imagination right now and just imagine a safe place, whether that's in your home or in nature, in your bedroom. And just, uh, just find that safe place right now. I'll give you a couple of seconds to just, in your imagination, be in that place. your home, just close the door, make sure no one's around. If you're in nature, find a place that you could scream or cry or do whatever you'd like and no one would hear or see. Once you're there, I just want you to, to feel what it feels like to be alone in that place. Some of you may feel nervous. Some of you may feel excited. This is where God is. And so I just invite you to imagine, just, just imagine that you're not actually alone. But in the secrecy of this place, you're with the creator of the universe. And I just, I just want you to consider, invite you to consider that this creator is his father. And Lord, would you just reveal to your people what kind of father you are right now?
This verse says that this Father knows everything you need before you even ask it. And so because of that, we're just, we are going to not ask first. We're going to listen to what we need. And so as the, the music plays, I just want to give you a couple minutes to spend time and ask this question, God, what do I need? Because he already knows. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from The Garden or would like to find out more about The Garden Church, please visit us on the web at thegardenlb.org. Speak.